0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And tonight on the Rita Cosby Cosby Show... I am thrilled that two Americans are free. This is huge news and it's stunning news, but I have to wonder why did Hamas do it now and what does it mean for the Israeli ground invasion and the war in general? You know, nothing happens in that part of the world for free. It's not like Hamas is doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And we also know that there are still so many more hostages left behind. But I am thrilled that at least two Americans have found freedom. They're apparently in Israeli hands as we speak. And that is terrific, terrific news. What are your thoughts, everybody, as to what was behind this? I found it interesting that it came soon after President Biden. Remember last night in his Oval Office address? And we talked about that. During it, he was so soft on Iran, he seemed to put almost Israel and also the needs of the Palestinian people uh, equal footing, but he really had a strong focus on the humanitarian aspects. He kept saying that over and over and over again. And it made me wonder, this $100 million that he says he's sending over to Gaza, well, Maybe could it have somehow ended up or had been part of the deal to get hostages because he kept saying, oh, we're going to send that one hundred million dollars worth of aid. And we're sure it's only going to be for humanitarian, just like the six billion that they were planning to unfreeze to Iran. So, I mean, there's a lot of things interesting with the timing here. And what do you believe is behind it all? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Now, we're hearing that the Qataris played a role in this deal to get these two Americans out. We're also hearing that the U.S. says that they were very, very much involved. So do you think that President Biden's visits over there or also Tony Blinken's meetings? He had a lot of meetings over there. What do you think? And do you think that there was some sort of financial payment or some agreement from President Biden to get those two out? I did find that in his Oval Office address, he seemed very soft on Iran. I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? Where is that like Reagan strength? Where is that? Don't you dare touch the hair of one single American or else? Uh, and he didn't seem to it was like, oh, he knew the whole world wanted to hear him say something about Iran. But he just kind of like threw it out there like Iran, Iran, Iran. OK, anyway. And then he went back to it. And then at one point he said, we will continue to hold Iran accountable. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that Joe Biden and his administration has been holding Iran accountable in any way, shape or form? I don't think so and I think you can even make the case that his policies have created this moment his lack of energy independence in America his lack of sanctions against Iran on their oil which they are selling now making 2 billion dollars a week uh, a week that's an astounding number 2 billion a week from Russia and China and everybody that they're selling it to cuz guess what we don't have it to sell anymore thanks to Joe Biden and his windmills So we are really in a dire situation and in a dire strait. And a lot of his policies brought us to this moment. And he wants us to believe that he's somehow tough on Iran. You've got to be kidding me. And I thought his speech last night was a missed opportunity. This was a moment the whole world's watching. When you do an Oval Office address, this was his second address uh, in the Oval Office. Big, big, huge statement. And I thought it was a complete missed opportunity. Because he should have looked the camera in the eye and said nobody should be touching the hair of an American. It is time to get tough. We stand behind Israel. We condemn anybody who makes these comments that are pro-Hamas, speaking of members of the squad. I mean, he needs to rein in his own party. He can't even handle his own party, let alone Iran. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Again, a big, big day with these two Americans released. I am thrilled though that they got released. I do hope it is certainly a sign that the others get out too. Now, the two that were released are Judith and Natalie Renan. Uh, they're based in the Chicago area. It's a mother and daughter. Judith is 59. Daughter Natalie is 17 years old. They traveled to Israel from their home in Evanston, Illinois, Evanston, to celebrate Judith's mother, so Natalie's grandmother's, 85th birthday. And they went there to the kibbutz, which is right there on the Gaza border. And, of course, that is where they were both taken hostage. There are apparently other family members that are still missing as we speak. They're also related, by the way, to Martin Fletcher, who is a longtime Middle East correspondent for NBC News. I used to work at NBC. I know Martin. Um, so you could see he was very, very relieved today that at least these two made it home. There are, again, other relatives of his that have not made it back yet. And, of course, I'm praying that this is a sign that many more are coming home. Let's pray. Uh, but I'm also so suspicious of everything that Hamas does. And I wonder, clearly this is a delay for the Israel invasion. There's no doubt about it. Clearly they are playing games. Clearly there's something more to the story that we're going to find out whether it's in days or weeks or hours or months from now. Was it pallets of cash that came in the middle of the night? Was it unfreezing more billions of dollars somewhere? What happened? Because it's not like they just did it for the heck of it. Are they trying to mine the streets so when Israeli fighters come in, there's something to happen? Who knows? By the way, last night, you may recall, you guys, when Aaron called in, uh, an Israeli Defense Forces fighter. Um, And I don't know if you're listening tonight, Aaron, but we are thinking of you and your comrades there right on the front lines. I know that you're in Israel. You're right there on the border of Gaza. But I can't tell you how many people messaged me today. They were so moved. By your call and the fact that you and your comrades are listening to the show uh, as you are about to go into what is going to be a battle royale. But there's no doubt that now that they've given away the two hostages, are they going to kind of keep drip, 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 drip? Maybe a few hostages here, two more later, another one in another week. Will they kind of dangle that, be- you know, before Israel and America and the world? Because there's a lot of nationalities that are in there. So there's a lot of questions tonight as to what's the strategy behind Hamas. Why are they doing that? And why do they feel that they needed to do it this week? Why did they pick these two? I see a lot of your calls coming in because I know that this is a very hot topic. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First off, here is Rabbi Meyer. He is a rabbi of the Renan family, and take a listen to what he said when he found out that these two, the mother and daughter Americans, are free.
2: This news that Judith and Natalie have been released from the hands of Gaza Hamas terrorists is overwhelming, and really we have this tremendous gratitude to God for his kindness and allowing them to go out. And it is
1: great news. And I hope that every other family and rabbi and friends of the other hostages get similar news in the coming days, if not coming hours. You know, hey, we're still hearing Blinken tonight saying they do not negotiate. We are demanding the release under no, with no conditions attached. I find it hard to believe that Hamas just did it out of the uh, kindness. I don't think that word goes in their vocabulary. So there's, I'm very suspicious as to what was behind this all. Here's a little bit more from the rabbi of the family of those two that were released, the two Americans who are now, thank goodness, in Israeli hands.
2: The reports that have been given is that they were being released on humanitarian uh, reasons, so that doesn't sound like they're in great condition. We are certain, though, that... They will be treated for in our country, and we hope and pray they'll be brought to full health and in best condition as soon as possible. And I look forward to welcoming you all to a huge celebration when they're back home.
1: And just a little bit ago, also, the father and husband of the hostages, his wife Judith, his daughter Natalie, released Uh, It was it was really emotional watching him speak and just the joy over his face to know that they're now in Israeli hands. Uh, They both look tired, uh, but don't look injured. That's incredible to hear Um, Israel, by the way, saying just in the last few hours, too, that they believe the majority of the hostages that are there and they count at least over 200. uh, That includes Israelis and others. They believe are alive. So that's a great sign. They probably have some sort of intelligence or a mole inside or some some information signaling. Maybe they've gotten proof of life. Maybe they've, you know, handed over something to signify, okay, here's some video, here's a picture, here's this, uh something to signify who is alive, because it's pretty specific numbers, and they do seem confident, and let's just pray that they all get out soon. But what do you make of the timing? And why do you think they released these two hostages, a mother and daughter, and they were Americans? That, I think, is very significant. Here is Nikki Haley, of course, GOP presidential candidate, former U.N. ambassador. And this is her reaction to the release of the two hostages.
3: I don't know if you heard the news today, but two prayers were answered. We had two hostages that are now released. That's two prayers answered. That's 201 to go. Let me tell you what I told the Biden administration today. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. I have dealt with Cutter, who did the negotiation. I've dealt with them to try and get hostages released myself. They are doing this to earn favor with America, because they want to try and look good in the eyes of America.
1: Don't fall for it. So, Is it about them? Is it about Hamas trying to do it? Did somebody pay something? What is the reason, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris in Ohio on line 8. Chris, your thoughts?
4: Well, Rita, first of all, this is window dressing. It's it's PR. Um, And um, the guy that's occupying the White House right now has set the bar. With with a price, um, unfreezing money, letting Iran resume spinning centrifuges. I mean, there's just so much we could talk about. It's limited time, but I would really like to know. You know, when Hamas is watching, they're seeing what's going on in this country, especially in your state and where I'm from, near Cleveland. It's they're they're in the streets in Cleveland too, protesting. Um, I'd really like to know to our people, our you know listeners and friends out there that are on the fence. How are you supposed to be diplomatic and negotiate with people that hold knives to babies' throats? And this two-state solution thing? hogwash. It doesn't matter. Every citizen of Israel could vacate the land tonight, and they'll hunt them down wherever they go. They, read what their stated goals are when it comes to Jews and, and people in Israel, and Americans for that matter. And I'd like to close this with with this, Rita. I mean, I want you to answer this question for me. When is Rashida Talib going to be charged with an insurrection?
1: Uh, I, I agree. It It is shocking. And quite frankly, not just a insurrection. I would make the case uh, probably about 100 insurrections because her rhetoric is resounding around the world. Chris, I'm so glad you brought her up. I find it so disgusting and so distasteful what she has said and what's so troubling about it. She is a sitting American member of Congress. And if I'm one of these loony kuzuni terrorist groups out there and I'm outside of uh, Tunisia, you know, outside of Tunis, the U.S. Embassy, or what about Beirut, where they were throwing Molotov cocktails and opening fire on the U.S. Embassy uh, in the last day or two? Guess what? I would be playing Rashida Tlaib soundbite over and over and over again on Hamas TV uh, or Hezbollah TV because they can say, look, see, look, even the members of Congress agree, even though we all know she's in the fringe. But you are absolutely correct. And, and this is so serious. I I think you've hit on something really powerful because I think what she has done is. Is so dangerous and so toxic. You know, when she made those comments and she's made a couple over the year, her and Ilhan Omar, somebody did something, you know, all of these things that have come out for all of their mouths through the years. Um, Cory Bush, AOC, I could put them all together there because they're all in the same bin, you know, but, but what she just did by keeping her tweet up and blaming the Israelis for that explosion at the hospital and then still continue to blast the Israelis, that to me is rhetoric that is being used as propaganda at a time where the world is a tinderbox because of what's going on in Israel. And so, yes, I firmly believe that there are really bad people out there that are playing her sound bites over and over again and sort of indoctrinating their people To say, look, even America realizes how bad Israel is. Look what they're saying. This is what the U.S. Congress says. And it is so dangerous. It's so deadly. Like, before I thought some of her things were ridiculous. This, to me, is downright dangerous. And I 1,000% agree with you, Chris. She should be charged with insurrection. She is unfit for office. And I think anybody who's a member of Congress who says it is unfit. This is not freedom of speech. This is downright dangerous. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this very busy Friday night.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And some great news on the war front. Two Americans have been released. And just a little bit ago, Secretary of State Tony Blinken had this to say. He said, listen, I'm happy about these, but there are still many more that are in the terrorist's hands.
5: We welcome the release. We share in the relief that their families, friends, and loved ones are feeling. But there are still 10 additional Americans who remain unaccounted for Uh, In this conflict, we know that some of them are being held hostage by Hamas, along with an estimated 200 other hostages uh, held in Gaza.
1: So what is the strategy of this terrorist group? As you just heard, 10 more Americans, 200 others. There's also reports tonight as another busy news night with all these developments where we're getting word um, that Hamas is saying that they would potentially release all of the hostages except the Israeli soldiers, that they would release the civilians and everybody except Israeli soldiers. And they know that those Israeli soldiers are prizes. Uh, there was one who was taken captive a number of years ago. They traded for one Israeli soldier, 1,000 Palestinian prisoners in jails. So uh, this is high stakes, guys. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let us go to Dom. Line one. Dom, your thoughts. Rita,
5: I'm really happy that the mom and daughter were released. Uh, I hope they're able to recover quickly and move on with their lives. I have a new name for the squad,
6: the Hamas-Hezbollah caucus. <laughs>
1: by the way, you're yeah. right. You know what, Dom? I, can I let me just ask you a quick question? Do you think they're unfit for office? I do.
7: They are. They are. In fact, I'm embarrassed by Ilhan Omar that
5: she is from my state. But the problem is, so I mean, the people that are electing her do not have access to the kind of information that you put out there, because
7: they don't listen to you.
1: But you know what's interesting, Dom? I wonder, there are so many headlines now of what she has said and what these others have said, and you would hope anybody running against her on the next go-around just plays her comments over and over again.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story of police doing great work and getting a kidnapper behind bars and the, per- and the young girl, it's a teenage girl, in California, making sure that she comes home safe and sound. This story is from Gardenia, California. And there's a man who had been arrested after California authorities tracked down a kidnapped teen roughly 70 miles from where she was abducted. A 42-year-old man named Chance Willis is accused of abducting a teen girl from a location called Moreno Valley. And the sheriff station responded to a call about a kidnapping early last Saturday. Officials say that the teen girl met Willis and then he coerced her to travel to the city of Gardenia against her will. That city is located outside of Los Angeles and it's where abduct authorities identified the abduction site. Gardenia police then responded to the scene and they rescued the teen. Uh, police located him as well, and officers quickly detained him. Willis has been charged with kidnapping and transporting uh, and now is in detention center behind bars. Deputies say he's being held in lieu of a $250,000 bail and also has an arrest record. What a surprise. The good news is thanks to the great work and great teamwork of law enforcement in several different cities in California, They were able to put this kidnapper behind bars, and the young teenage girl is safe and sound. What an amazing story and a great reminder of, A, the great teamwork, but also how important and also how difficult the work is often for our law enforcement men and women. And that's why I always love doing Back the Blue every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, Dom from Minnesota, who just called us, was talking about... uh, his favorite, I'm being uh, facetious, of course, Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Well, uh, she couldn't stop spouting off today. I couldn't believe the squad did a press conference. And she's, of course, one of the Congress members that's part of the squad. And their whole mission of this press conference on Capitol Hill today, as the world is protesting left and right uh, just in New York City, there were a couple thousand protesters going from Times Square to the Israeli consulate. Uh, so it's like all over the place where we're seeing these protests and in every city. It seems like major cities and big countries across the globe and the Arab world is incensed. Uh, they are angry at the attacks in Gaza because they're just hearing one side of the story. Or they don't want to hear the other side of the story. The other is also they're hearing people saying, oh, this is terrible. What's happening to the people in the Palestinian territories? Forgetting what started this whole thing. Let's remember, Israel was attacked. Babies were slaughtered. Women were killed. And they still have many hostages, the terrorists. So, I mean, to me, there is no gray here. But yet we have members of Congress that very much seem pro-Hamas, And they even have been attacking Israel. And it is astounding to me. It is disgusting. And it is shameful. And despite all of these massive protests, some of them which have really gotten out of hand and turned quite violent in some cities across the globe. I mentioned Tunisia and also in Beirut, Lebanon. There have been some pretty violent protests outside the U.S. Embassy. They're burning American flags, burning Israeli flags, shouting death to America, death to Israel. This is scary stuff, and so it's important what they say. And today on Capitol Hill, the squad bandied together and they came out with this message that there should be a ceasefire in Israel. Uh, to me, are you kidding me? Forgive me. Who? What, can you imagine if somebody came to us after nine eleven and said, "Don't worry, what just happened to you with those buildings, and also what happened to you in the Pentagon and..." That plane that was ban- going for, you know, Washington that went down in Shanksville. Hold off. Just do a ceasefire. Don't respond. Uh, how dare they? How dare they? And that was the message, by the way, pretty close from President Biden last night. He didn't go that far, but what he did say was that Israel, you know, shouldn't be caught up in rage. They shouldn't be blinded by rage. I'm sorry. If women and children are slaughtered and other people in villages, including soldiers, They have a right to be enraged, and they have a right to say it's time for payback. And guess what? In that part of the world, that's the only thing they understand. But Ilhan Omar today and other members of the squad say, oh, shame on Israel, and I can't believe people are critical of Hamas and others. Essentially, listen to this hogwash coming from a sitting member of Congress.
8: How is it that we have a president? Who is talking about releasing hostages, who is talking about getting American citizens out of Israel, but could not get himself to say.
1: what to say to that that is so out of control and especially a couple things first off the president last night and his oval office address and we talked about it right afterwards he kept talking about he's giving 100 million dollars of humanitarian aid to gaza and i contend he shouldn't even be doing that right now because you can't guarantee it's not going to fall in hamas's hands and they're not going to use it for weaponry that they're going to use against israel he has No way to control that because Hamas controls that area. And I think it's great to help people that are helpless in those areas, telling them to get out, which Israel is. They're sending down the flyers saying, get out. We're planning on coming in. That's a lot more than Hamas did to the Israelis in terms of trying to separate civilians. Give me a break. And yet Ilhan Omar isn't happy. This president has been like a pansy. To Iran and, and he's been so soft on Hamas, I contend. And you're kidding me? That's not good enough. These people think there's, that Israel shouldn't respond. This is nuts. And so here's a little bit more because she says she's the victim here.
8: I want to say how insane and painful and scary it is. To work and serve in a space where we have a a member in our caucus say, all Muslims are responsible for this, and not a single condemnation comes from our caucus leadership or any member of Congress. How is it, how is it that we are serving in a body? Serving in a body where there are members who condemn us for asking for peace, for ceasefire. The most simplest thing.
1: How is it that you're still in Congress? I mean, that's what I want to ask tonight. How is it that you actually represent the American public? That is ridiculous. That is just I think I think it's shameful. I think it's despicable. And how is it? that you could sit there and say, what, Israel's not supposed to respond after the brutality that was thrust on them by families, you know, on families? Think about what happened in the kibbutzes right there on the border. These people were having a peace rally, a peace concert with teenagers, and they go in and slaughter 260 people and take hostages. They beheaded babies. They executed some in the head, you know, with a bullet. They raped women. I mean, are you kidding me? And and you're supposed to say, oh, let's have a ceasefire, uh, as if they're knitting sweaters in the Hamas territories right now. That at the bomb makers factory, they're not making bombs and bullets. Uh, they're uh, singing what? Uh, you know, Barry Manilow tonight? I don't think so. One 9222 One 848 9222. And here is Ayana Presley, who's also a member of the squad. And listen to her. She's saying, Oh, yeah, Israel shouldn't be angry. Calm down, little Israel. Because we are all God's children
8: Israeli, Palestinian, American. Over 3,000 innocent civilians killed. When a mother cries out or a father in grief, Their piercing scream sounds the same regardless of their religion or the nation of their birth. So our call is clear. A ceasefire now to save lives. We cannot continue to stand idly by numb as we watch this death toll climb. Nor can we be complicit in this bloodshed. Vengeance is not a foreign policy doctrine.
1: Right. So you're supposed to do nothing. And that's going to get Hamas to go away. That is such a joke. I just find it so disgusting. Let's go to Stan. Uh, line eight. Uh, Stan, your thoughts about this? I mean, the fact that they're doubling down and they have repeatedly condemned Israel. I find it so distasteful, Stan.
9: Well, I, I do, too. These are scum, these these congresswoman. But I, I mean, what did you expect? You seem to forget something. These are duly elected people. I don't, I told you they're scum, all the squad and so forth, but they're duly elected people. The other thing, you know, you constantly talk about immigration
4: illegal.
10: Wait, wait, hang on, Stan. Let, I, wait, I,
1: wait. I let, let no, me no, just, no, no I'll, like, I'll let you go. I'll let you go to the other. I just want to say one thing. I have a question for you, and I'm curious your thoughts on this because I think, yes, you're correct. They are duly elected. Uh, and I'd love to see the people that elect them. Maybe they're the ones in uh, some of the colleges that are protesting out there. But, um, but I'm curious because this has been such a viscerally disgusting, I think, slew of comments from them. So I'm curious, Dan, and I'll, I'll let you make your second point, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this because I really am curious. I wonder if next go around, the next time they come up for election, which, you know, is not that far away. But the next time they come over, it's too far for us. Uh, but the next time they come up for election, if people will really think otherwise, because some of the comments before were crazy. But I, I make this as I say this is downright dangerous and it's disgusting. And I think there are a lot of people that are just so turned off by some of the comments they've made that, you know, I, I, I would think that they're not going to win by the margins and maybe some of them will hopefully lose because the message will be sent. It's so distasteful and disgusting. And if I were running against them, you know, and Elon Omar, I would just play her comments over and over and over again. Your thoughts, Dan, if this is different and maybe, maybe they won't be duly elected next time.
9: The thing is, rita over the and we you know we talk about illegal immigration for the last 35 years there's been a large legal immigration of middle eastern people from the middle east into the united states and have become legal citizens and legal and and came this way and the district i think in michigan is that where she yes, is yes, the, it's uh, heavy,
1: right it's the heavily point. middle eastern
9: yeah she has been elected and elected again it is the community You want someone – I think the Democrats could put somebody up. They probably have, but they lose. The problem in this is going to get worse, Uh, not just there, but as you see, more people of Middle East have a right to run for Congress. I don't like these people. They're scum. But there is a a thing out there uh, against israel and the jews i've been expecting it for 25 years because uh, i figured it was going to come it would come from people coming into the country legally and it would be the arab uh, street and it's happening and here's the point the democrats try to put somebody up there but they get defeated nobody goes up against it because the area she lives in is predominantly uh mid-eastern citizenry who are they? i mean they pay the and they hate the jews But this is the country as it is. I know, but,
1: but it's terrible, Stan. I, Stan, I hear what you're saying, and I, I think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying that, yeah, the population clearly is supportive. I mean, you could pull some of the people that are in uh, some of the protests that are in other, you know, in, in some of the colleges. How about outside of Harvard? Just bring that crowd. A lot of them probably come from her district. I mean, it is, it is really stunning. And you're right. It may not change, but I hope, I hope it does change because I think and and I'm, you know, I'm old school. I believe if you are representing the United States, bottom line is this is different. You need to represent American interests. And yeah, it's all right to say, you know, you know, say, yeah, you know, we want to make sure that the Palestinians are OK and there's not civilian deaths. And that, that's obviously has merit. You know, we, nobody wants. Uh, innocent people to be injured. And, and that's not what other people are saying on the other side. Um, but what we're hearing from the squad is, ah, uh, you know what? Uh, Israel, they're the aggressor. Almost they deserved it. And, and they are our greatest ally. And if you're representing America, our American interests are protecting Israel. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're the biggest democracy in that part of the world in a bad neighborhood. And they're important for our security, too. And, of course, Israel's security. I mean, so so to me, it goes so far beyond. I think it's it's irresponsible to be a member of Congress if you are not looking at American interests. And I think having uh, doing things that could potentially incite uh, and stand. You've come after Trump a lot. Uh, I think you could make the case uh, that she's uh, calling for insurrection because her comments are creating an insurrection, not just in America, but around the globe, where they're burning American flags. They're using her comments and others' comments for propaganda. That's shameful. Go ahead, Stan.
9: First of all, uh, as far as insurrection, she has not called for the destruction and getting rid of the United States. When she does that, yeah, she fits the, she fits the mold. She, she, hates, uh, you know, she seems she hasn't hasn't to be happy if yet. Israel
1: isn't around. She
9: needs to be. Look. Here's the thing. The Democratic Party can only do a limited amount. They can censure her, they can take her off the committee. That's they haven't but
1: do you know the problem is they they haven't, haven't. They Stan, haven't. They haven't done no, that. I agree. And I they and haven't. and Stan, I agree with you on uh, I you know, I feel so passionate about this too as I know you do too, which I appreciate. I mean, they have not condemned it. And I thought, you know what? I, I didn't expect
9: them, Rita. Rita, I didn't expect them to condemn. But one last They should. Thing before I get off. They Quick, should. Quickly. One last thing. We're going through all of this. And who goes away for the weekend when we need to get money passed for Israel and for Ukraine? Joe so Biden. Take off. Joe Go. Biden.
1: Joe Biden well, that- does. Joe Biden does. And and by the way, Stan, it is a mess. I agree with you on the House Speaker stuff. They gotta get their act together uh because it does look ridiculous that it is dragging on and on and on and it doesn't look like an ends. At least not in the near term. There, it looks like the next vote's on Tuesday. Now Jim Jordan's out. Uh, but guess who also is out of town as I just brought up, Stan? Joe Biden. He's on the beach. You know what? Uh, there, this is tenuous. This is one of the most difficult times. And he's now taking another beach weekend. Shame on him too, Stan. So, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this very busy Friday night.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk more about these protests that are taking place around the country and also uh, right on the uh, campuses of many American universities. Uh, one university professor is fighting back and said he would never send his kids to the school that he teaches at because he is stunned by the behavior of the president at that school who has not quashed some of this anti-israeli rhetoric and we're going to talk more about president biden's speech last night did it miss the mark uh i think big time one 800 848 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. let us go to larry uh line five larry your thoughts
10: hey Rita. thank you uh, uh i want to thank you for your support of the blue lives matter at all times god bless you Larry, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, uh, first of all, let's start off with the release of these two uh, passages. This is nothing but a PR stunt by uh, the Hamas. Uh, these people could never, ever be trusted. Uh, let's let's now move to uh, the, the, uh, the squad there. They're, they're screaming now for uh, a ceasefire. You know why? Because democracy is going to be on the move. Israeli troops are ready to move, and they're going to go in there, and they're going to do what they're going to have to do. My third comment, I want to tip my hat uh, to the men and women of the USS Carney for shooting down those missiles uh, coming over from Yemen uh, by, uh, by the, the Huys. Go.
1: Bravo, bravo, Larry. Uh, that is, so, Larry, I want to ask you, too. Are you still there, Larry? Okay, Larry, I want to ask are yeah. you Jewish? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so... Are you no, I'm an ju- Italian-American. Oh, wow. So what do you make of these crazy comments coming from the people?
10: Uh, it's a, it's from the Elon Armos uh, and, and all of
1: those.
10: Uh, I look at these comments by the United States uh, from five years ago, where Israel was a supported uh, country, and now uh, it's turned that people are supporting uh, Palestine. I can't... For so the life of me, understand it.
1: Well, and and by the way, I don't mind if they're supporting good people, but they seem to be anti-Israel and in many ways pro-Hamas. That's nuts.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
8: I know your name.
1: And tonight on the Rita Cosby show, all eyes, of course, on Israel, but also so many protests taking place around the globe, including in New York City, where thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters took to the streets and, boy, they did not hold back. Uh Take a listen. Uh They really consumed the Big Apple. Here's a little bit of what was going on in the streets of New York just a little bit ago. Wow, it was really loud, and they are very, very, very boisterous and taking over the streets of Manhattan, and it's happening in a lot of cities across the country. And one of the folks who certainly uh, appreciates and supports these protests, as we were talking about, is Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. And earlier today, there was this interesting exchange with reporter Hillary Vaughn. She is with Fox News And she caught up with Ilhan Omar in the halls of Congress and said to her, uh, you know, what about the deaths that have taken place in Israel? Because Ilhan Omar only talks about the deaths that are taking place in Gaza and the Palestinian territories. She doesn't seem to want to mention period one thing about anything that happened to Israel, uh, let alone the slaughter of so many innocent people. That's what started this whole thing. They were totally attacked. And listen to this exchange. Ilhan Omar thinks it's a ridiculous question. This is, this just kind of says it all about the mindset of this member of Congress. Listen to this one.
8: Are you okay with Hamas terrorists continuing to exist? Do you think that Israel can just lay down their arms and not try to get the hostages out of Gaza? How can Israel have a ceasefire with terrorists whose entire mission is to wipe out their existence? how can they have a ceasefire if they're she's
1: trying she's to, to the the wipe out time. this crazy lady no more And that was Ilhan Omar and I don't know if you could hear the end of it there but she said oh this is just ignore this crazy lady just ignore her she's just nuts for asking an honest question aren't you worried about why don't you at least say listen I feel so bad for the people of Israel she won't even say that. This, to me, is so troubling. Again, a sitting member of Congress saying that. Meantime, we're hearing also outside of lots of schools, there are these major protests with tons of students speaking out and saying, you know, free Palestine, not saying a word about anything tied to the Hamas terrorists that have taken over Gaza and that are ruling Gaza and that were elected, by the way, by the Palestinian people. In 2006, many of them support Hamas. Maybe not all of them support Hamas, but a huge chunk of them support Hamas. And yet liberals like Ilhan Omar and others say, you know what we should do right now at a time where we have our wide open borders, where we're so concerned about our own security here, we should maybe have one million Gazans come over and be allowed refugee status, special refugee status, so they can get rushed and put in this country. Are you kidding me right now at a time where security is so bad and so dangerous in this country and places are on high alert all over this nation and we already have such a huge wide open border problem, you're going to suddenly bring over a million people and many of them just don't like America. Uh, some of them outright despise America and want to destroy America. I would think that maybe that's not the smart thing to do at this time. But I'm happy to see that at least there are some people who are speaking out, including some in academia. All right. So here is this one. This is an assistant pro- uh, professor, Shai Davide. Um, and he is a professor at Columbia University's business school in New York. And he's pretty gutsy. He's been out there slamming his employer in a really passionate speech. He did it on campus this week. And he tore into the university for what he says, not publicly denouncing pro-Palestinian student organizations that he says are pro-terror. This is Cut 29, and this is the professor speaking out at that protest.
11: The president of the university is allowing these pro-terror student organizations to march on our campuses. They brought a building here of the, Jewish, the center for Jewish life had to go on lockdown. Not in Gaza, not in Tel Aviv, here in New York City because of this quiet, this cowardice of the presidents of NYU, of Columbia,
1: of Harvard. Wow, I'm really surprised uh, that he's speaking out, but I say bravo to him. I wish more in academia would be speaking out because it is just disgusting. And what are they doing that these kids feel emboldened to go out there and speak? There have been a couple of them who've retracted their statements, a couple of the students saying, oh, you know, I feel so victimized because of whatever different excuses that they're making. None of them relevant to the issue at hand and none of them legitimate excuses To what is really going on in this country and what's going on, particularly in Israel and to Israel. But at least this professor is speaking out. He's making a lot of headlines because he seems to be one of the few who is. Uh, But here he is also speaking out. And take a listen to this. He says he wouldn't even send his daughter to Colombia because he fears what they, how they would wreck her mind. Take a listen.
11: And if I, if my, amazing two-year-old daughter, was now 18 years old. I would never, never send her to Columbia. Not because it's not a great institution, it's an amazing institution, but because I know that she will not be protected there. Because the president of the university allows pro-terrorists to march on campus. We would never allow, never allow the KKK to march on our campus.
1: We would never allow a pro ISIS demonstration on our campus. He's got a great point. Uh, and Hamas is certainly in that league, guys. You know, I mean, he said you would never allow KKK to be on a campus. You wouldn't. Would you allow someone who says, hey, ISIS is great. But for some reason, it's OK to say uh, Israel is the, you know, uh, the the derelict ones in this group. Are you kidding me? They were sitting there having a peaceful music festival, and then women and children got slaughtered. There's there is no gray to who is the victim here, and yet they're trying to turn it and twist it and turn it. And the professor also put it in another light and said, listen, Americans need to wake up. Can you imagine if they were doing this after 9-11? Listen to this one.
11: Can you imagine
1: in the city that had to endure
11: 9-11? The worst attack on American soil. Can you imagine that here we have pro-terror student organizations?
1: It is pretty stunning. Pro-terror organizations, pro-Hamas organizations, pro-terrorist organizations in words coming from campuses. And also from the halls of Congress by a select few. But Stan and I were just talking. Why are they not condemning it? Why are the other Democrats, you know, you hear one or two. There are some. I will certainly say that. I mean, I've heard Eric Adams in New York. I've heard Mayor Kathy Hochul in New York condemn it. I've heard Richie Torres, member of Congress, condemning it. But that's not enough. I can name them on one hand. Where are the other ones out there? And where is the president of the United States? He just did an Oval Office address. And he should have used that opportunity to scold his fellow members of his party that are saying the most vile and despicable things that are giving free license to people on campus. He missed an opportunity. And I contend it's all because of politics. He is worried about the politics. He doesn't want to anger what the Palestinian vote, the pro-terror vote, the pro-Hamas vote. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 uh, Let's go to Sandra in uh, line seven. Sandra, your thoughts? Oh, good evening, Rita. Rita. You know, I have a list of all the universities
3: that are on my dad list now, and unfortunately my daughter's list is on there too. And I remember when she applied there, I said to myself, this is a nice school, a lot of Jewish kids, so meet somebody nice. You know what? That school is on the list. And and I and had I known now, what if I knew now what I didn't know then, I would have done things a lot differently in that regard. But what I wanted to say was these schools that are on my list, for instance, University of Arizona, you know, a professor, his name is Thomas Meitzner. He was shot to death by an anti-Semite person who thought he was Jewish, but he wasn't Jewish. Wait, wait, and where, when was this?
1: That's terrible. When was that?
3: They're not too long ago. I don't, I don't have the date when it happened, but it's kind of recent. And um, and and this yeah this they this person did two bad things and this is one of the bad things and and um, he thought this this professor was Jewish but he wasn't his name you know so and then in the same town of Arizona where the school is they have humans they have hundreds of flyers going all around they're distributing it all over the place you know propaganda for you know the people from Israel now what school is and this help-
1: Sandra what school again
3: the University of Arizona
1: wow. Wow, and wow, wow,
8: wow.
3: And, t- and, and I'll tell you another school, um, California San Diego. you know that they had squat stickers in the bathrooms drawn with human feces? Now, could you imagine sending your kid to school there and she goes into her dormitory, she goes to the bathroom, and she sees this? I'm telling you, this is really, really, really very, very scary. And that man that was speaking out for his child, he's so right. I never dreamed all this would happen. And then I'll tell you, there's so many things that I'm finding out that are going on in the schools. It's You, <laughs> oh, you, yeah, don't, you yeah, know I what, Sandra?
1: By the way, Sandra, you know what? It is really scary, and it's really dangerous. And what scares me is also the fact that this war has just started. I mean, the attack on Israel, it's been, uh, what is it, two weeks now, you know? And so – it's obviously, you know, it's been two very difficult weeks, I think, for the world. And clearly, first and foremost for Israel, my goodness, when that happened on October 7th, on that Saturday. So tomorrow will be two weeks. But as I'm thinking about it, this war could last months, years. You know, I mean, Israel's saying that it's going to take a long time. And if you don't kind of clamp down on this, I call it shameful, despicable behavior right away. Um, then it's going to get worse because guess what? When they start doing a ground war and they try to really eliminate Hamas, and they have to eliminate Hamas, I firmly believe it, that they have to obliterate it because if they don't obliterate Hamas and its infrastructures and all the operatives that are associated with Hamas, uh, you certainly don't want civilian casualties. You'll try to avoid it, but that happens in war. And sadly, it's going to be get really ugly. Uh, this is uh, this is the tip of the iceberg. And if they don't clamp down on it now, I worry where this is going to go. Like you just said, some of the like the swastikas. Uh, I have a, a Jewish friend who was telling me the other day uh, that in Germany at some homes, they were literally going around and putting the like the, the swastika on the Star of David on some homes. That is like reminiscent of think about in the 1930s of what was happening in the world in 1930s. That's what Hitler was going around doing. You know, his, his henchmen were doing that this is really scary stuff. And that's why I say we, it has to be, it has to be clamped down on now. It has to say this is not appropriate. And there has to be repercussions for anybody who crosses the line, uh, that, that puts a drawing or something like that or does something or certainly makes any violent threats. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not even happy about the peaceful protests, but they're obviously legally allowed to do that, but there can't be any slack. You know, there has to be at least and I think there should be a moral response, Sandra. I mean, I'm happy to see that law firms and other businesses are saying we're not going to hire Harvard law students who are part of these protests. I say that's a good thing because guess what? It says a lot about their character that they're out there protesting and saying these things. I wouldn't want them working in my firm and any firm. Are you kidding me? Uh, Sandra, go ahead. You got a a minute left. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: Okay. Real quick. So, you know, billionaire hedge fund Bill Ackerman is taking a very big stance on all this. Yes. Anyone who's on that, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's really helping. And I want to say, I have a friend. She's a very high administrator of a school. She is getting such, and she happens to be Jewish. She is getting hate mail like you couldn't imagine. But what I want to say is, how do we fix this problem? You know what? I wouldn't even recommend four years of college for the time being anymore, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Maybe it's time for just two years and not giving these colleges all this money for what? Well, well and
1: Sandra, maybe it's time to, you know, make sure the time is right. I mean, you can I I don't think it's it's where you you want to eliminate it all. But I think I think, uh, you know, one week of indoctrination is bad enough. You don't even have to have two years. My goodness. But I'm, I, you know, I'm so glad you you uh, gave a shout out to Bill Ackman, the big hedge fund guy, uh, because he's calling all these other CEOs and saying, hey, let's put out a list of some of these people that have spewed these horrible things and make sure that we don't hire them on Wall Street. I say bravo because these are not kids. Uh, there are some people out there. Oh, they're kids. These are not kids. These are these are. Adults. I mean, when you're in college, I would never have thought to put anything like that out there in college. You know, I was thinking of my career, thinking, what's next? What can I do? You're smart enough to know what's right and wrong. You know, and I think they people have to stop making excuses for them. But I do think that a lot of administrators need to wake up, too, and they should not be there. If they're spewing this kind of hate, they are teaching young people to do it, too, and that's not good. Sandra, thanks so much. And we're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And we are taking your calls here on the Rita Cosby Show. As all eyes on Israel, the Israeli Defense Forces are said to have several hundred thousand soldiers right there at the border of Israel and Gaza as we're waiting to see when a ground offensive could happen. Uh, there may be a slight delay. There were reports also that President Biden had asked for a delay, and this was interesting because earlier tonight, President Biden, who's going for another vacation at the beach this weekend, what a surprise, I guess it's been a busy week for him, um, but he was asked um, if he wants Israel to delay the ground invasion until they can get more hostages out. Um, obviously, great news that they got the two Americans out, the mother and daughter who are from the Chicago area, and President Biden said, yes. In other words, he would like Israel to delay the ground invasion until they can get more hostages out. Uh, that's understandable. But it's that balance. And I know a lot of military folks listen to the show. Uh, it's that balance of not wanting to give Hamas too much time to prepare because they probably already were preparing for a counteroffensive. Uh, and also, obviously, getting the hostages out and getting them out alive is a top priority, is the priority at first. So there's a lot of things to consider, and we're keeping a close eye. Let's go to George in Pennsylvania. Line one, George.
6: Oh, hi, Rita. And uh, the far left in this country is basically running up the score. They're having a field day with us now. Uh, I could explain to people what is going on here if you give me a little time. Um, Real quick, George,
1: George, we just got a few seconds.
6: Okay, well, uh, if everybody else gets a lot of time. All right, well, here's what
1: I'll do, George, just because it's Friday night and I'm in a good mood. I'm going to hold you on, all right? And we're going to take you after the break, George, okay? And I'll give you more time, but keep it tight.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Louisiana, Louisiana. Where an American veteran celebrated an accomplishment that few are able to live to see. Uh, he was a man from the greatest generation and friends, family and care staff sang together at the Northwest Louisiana Veterans Home this week to celebrate a milestone achievement. Veteran Albert Sidney Smith said to all gathered, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. He turned 100 years old. Smith is a World War II veteran. He's serving in the U.S. Navy as part of the Pacific Theater of the War. He was stationed on a battleship heading to the invasion of Japan that had to dodge kamikaze bombers along the way when the atomic bombs were dropped that caused Japan's surrender. And after the war ended, he went back to Bossier Parish in Louisiana, where he married. He had three children. He worked as a fireman. And he lived a quiet life, and he now joins the ranks of Louisiana centenarians as, again, he turned 100 years old. And that happened on October 18th. He said to the crowd, I'm enjoying the party, and it's better than what I got when I left the service. He also received a proclamation from Congresswoman Dodie Horton, who said, quote, "Uh, Smith, is one of the most deserving for this recognition for his truly amazing life. He's a patriot. He served this country well, and it didn't stop there. He came home, and he continued to serve. Bravo to this great member of the greatest generation and, of course, all of their families out there as well. We love you. We appreciate you so much here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, because I care so much about this country and I care about freedom, um, I want to see also a president that emits strength, and many of you who have been in the military, you certainly understand that, That especially when you are dealing with evil like Hamas and Hezbollah, which is hitting Israel now from the north. There are reports that that's been happening more in the last few hours. Israel may be facing a two-front battle, and we've got U.S. battleships that are off the coast, too, we know we've got the USS Gerald Ford. We've got the USS Eisenhower. Three more are also in route uh, because this is really serious stuff. And you need a commander in chief who is clear, who is firm and almost like a Reagan. I keep saying this. He needs to, like, be clear about who's behind it, too. He needs to say Hamas is responsible. He needs to say, Iran, you have to stop backing these terrorist groups and when he brought up Iran last night in his Oval Office address, it was like, uh, yeah, like Iran, and we're going to continue to hold them accountable. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks he's done anything to hold Iran accountable? And I don't think so. Not at all. I can't even really think of one thing right now. In fact, sadly, because he hasn't imposed sanctions on their oil revenues and he's they've been making big bucks, that's been fueling, again, the war machine. And you can make the case same thing with Ukraine which he talked about last night, too, that in the case of Russia, because they've been able to sell oil, they're making tons of money that they're able to use for their weaponry and to support their military against the Ukrainians. And meantime, we're high and dry. We won't drill baby drill under this president. So this is really, really disturbing. And last night, I also found something really offensive. And I'm curious your thoughts on this because we've been talking about this columbia professor and again i say bravo to this professor who spoke out at columbia and said he wouldn't send his daughter there he's an assistant professor and he said that you know can you imagine if somebody said after 911 uh you know <laughs> you know go slow and also that there would be protesters that were like pro terror protesters on college campuses after 911 it would have been disgusting I would hope we would not see it. I, I absolutely hope we would not. I don't know now, based sadly on the way I've seen some of these students and others around the globe protesting uh pro Hamas in many ways. It's really shameful. And yet this moment last night in the speech, I really found stunning. Here is president Biden. Of course, Israel, again, our great ally in the Middle East, one of our greatest allies in the world by far. We've had a longstanding relationship, uh, long-standing that if they're, uh, faced with an existential threat to their survival as a state, we would come to their aid. And that's why this gets very tricky. And yet they're a good military. They're not asking for our help right now in terms of military troops. They're asking for money and more military support. Obviously, they need that uh, to support the Iron Dome and all these other things. But Joe Biden started scolding them. And this I found really reprehensible. Can you imagine after nine eleven if somebody said, Don't be wrapped up in your rage or your anger and want to have retribution. I'm sorry, after 9-11, we wanted retribution. And Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda, they needed to have retribution felt. And so here is Joe Biden last night talking about Israel, our ally that was slaughtered. Listen to this.
6: When I was in Israel yesterday, I uh, said that when America experienced the hell of 9-11, We felt enraged as well while we sought and got justice. We made mistakes. So I caution the government of Israel not to be blinded by rage.
1: Not to be blinded by rage. Like, in other words, if what, they go and attack Hamas after they came into their villages and slaughtered women and children, that would be blinded by rage? How dare you tell Israel how to respond to what has been the worst attack on the Jewish state, the worst attack on the Jewish people since the Holocaust. I, I found that really just way over the top for an American president. And something I would never think an American president would say about one of our greatest allies. That's like somebody saying to America after nine eleven, you know, don't don't get angry at Osama bin Laden. Try to talk to him in the cave. You know? I, I mean This is crazy. But here is Joe Biden, and then he went further. He also said, uh, Israel, don't get out of line. Listen to this one.
6: Look, at the same time, President Netanyahu and I discussed again yesterday the critical need for Israel to operate by the laws of war. That means protecting civilians in combat as best as they can. And the people of Gaza urgently need food, water, and medicine.
1: So, don't, you know, cross the line. I'm sorry. I think Hamas crossed the line when they came in and slaughtered women and children and beheaded babies and raped women. Uh Rules of war were not applicable at that moment. There is clear. I mean, th- this is insane. And here we have an American president scolding. It seemed like he almost favored, even though he said, yes, Israel was not responsible for the hospital bombing. I'm glad he did that. He did say, we stand by Israel, but he just didn't have a lot of strength in his voice when he got to those. And when he said uh, Iran again, it was a throwaway line. And yet he kept going over and over again about humanitarian relief, humanitarian relief for Gaza. You know, obviously, we don't want the innocent Palestinians to be caught in the crossfire, but he seemed to be going overboard and then scolding Israel. This is an American president. Who do you represent, Joe Biden? and then here's the irony of it all you got candidates like cornell west this guy is running against joe biden and he is like a member of the squad he's like a squad on turbo charge i guess right because he didn't think that biden's speech last night went far enough against israel he thought that it was a declaration of war supporting israel to so really go in and go after <laughs> go after Hamas and go after Gaza like like this guy. I don't know what planet this guy's on, but uh, listen to this.
12: We need strong American leadership. Upon hearing the speech of President Biden yesterday, it was sad. It was disappointing. It was pathetic. At the very moment where we need to talk about ceasefire, we don't hear the word. At the very moment when we need to talk about diplomatic procedures for just peace, we see more at declaration of war. We find out over a $100 billion for war. Oh, we can't find that when it comes to health care, when it comes to jobs with a living wage, when it comes to housing. When it comes to quality living of everyday people, we find it when it comes to
1: war. So this is time for kumbaya. Why don't we just invite the Hamas people over for dinner and see what, you know, would they like, you know, what would they like for dinner? What, you know, can we, can we buy you a drink? What can we do for you? That what planet are these people living on? Do they understand that they're chanting death to Israel and they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth? And in some cases, they wiped out almost entire villages in two weeks ago. And these people are saying, oh, calm down. Calm down, Israel. Uh, that to me is a, is so reprehensible. And these people are so out of touch. And I wonder, you know, if it was the other way around, would they be saying the same thing? I doubt it. And that's what I think is just it's just they are hypocrites. One 9222 uh let 's go to Pete in Staten island line eight pete uh i'm happy by the way, good news on the hostages, but bad news on biden 's speech
7: of course, uh, I agree a hundred percent I mean it was very, very weak, and he he doesn 't have any idea what reality is uh we 're fighting against people that don 't care about their own people, the Palestinians. I mean, there's Hamas, uh, we have to, Israel, and we have to get rid of them. We are in this war. 32 people have been killed and American citizens, and we are dual citizens with people from Israel and the United States. We are involved in this war, and we have to put a stop to this, because this is like um, a, a, a virus. I mean, this is worse than what they made of Cobra 19 and everything else. Uh, they're going to go on and come back at us. They're in this country already. We let them in. Not we let them in. Mr. Biden and everybody. Eric Adams is happy now because with the closings of those uh, homes on Staten Island, it's getting him off the hook. So we... You know, he, he, he dug in too hard with what he did.
1: Yeah. And, 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 did you, and did by the way, government. you brought up border, Pete. I'm so glad you did because it, this is even more reason why we should not have an open border and why you got to vet people who come to whether it's New York City or any city across this country, Pete, for that reason, uh, because you don't know who's coming in. And guess what? Of late, there have been these individuals from these special interest countries. Uh, that's Lebanon. Syria, Iran, they've had a rash of them at our border. And President Joe Biden has done nothing to close the border, even at this moment right now, where we're on heightened alert across America. There's a there's a State Department warning across the world right now that Americans need to be on high alert. And Joe Biden has done nothing to put anybody at ease and done nothing to close the border. It, it is it's really surprising Pete, thank you so much. I love you, and I'm so glad you called in. Let's go to Richie in Los Angeles, line five.
6: Rita, I just want to first remind everybody, early Monday morning on October 23rd will be the 40th anniversary of the bombing of the Marine barracks in Lebanon. Uh, Iranian terrorists were responsible, including Hezbollah. And people have to realize the yep. establishment will always protect their business partners. They will protect Saudi Arabia. And they look at the Middle East, some of the countries, as an oil corporation. That's why they protect them, even Iran, because Iran sells oil to their other business partner, China. They have cash on hand, billions of dollars, and China has a lot of money too because we've given them a trade deficit, we've sent our corporations over there, we send our manufacturers over there, and they all have the money. The establishment will over This goes on forever. Hezbollah is also in active right now uh, shooting missiles at Israel. They're the ones who bombed the barracks 40 years ago. What are they still doing in business? Because the establishment folks, remember those words, will always protect their business Partners. And remember, you're talking about Omar and Tlaid and Cortes. Well, they have power because they have constituents who know where they stand. They will vote for him. This is a byproduct of open borders. Now, let me finish with this. This is the most important words. There were two men in America the last 20 years. Fighting the invasion of America. One was Patrick Joseph Buchanan, and the other was the legendary call it a talk radio Steve Froman hand.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. hey, by the by the way, by the way, Richie, um, and and you are right. I'll go back to Pat Buchanan uh, because Pat Buchanan was for closing borders, and by the way, uh, also was Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has come out even in the last day or two saying this never would have happened under his watch. And I actually, I agree with him because I think people would have been scared. Look what happened with Iran uh, when uh, all that stuff was going on, when an American was killed. I think it was in Syria. That's when he sent that missile to Soleimani, who was head of the uh, Iranian coup force. Guess what? Suddenly that force, uh, suddenly the big leader was gone. And that boy did that send a message in the Middle East. Uh, We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And everybody, all eyes on Israel as we worry about lone wolves here at home. Security stepped up, as I mentioned. Also, State Department putting out an all-points message saying Americans overseas need to be careful. Uh, that is a sign that tensions are rising. And, again, I am so happy that this mother and daughter got released Let's pray that all of the Americans and that all of the hostages come home and that maybe there's some more good news that comes through this weekend. But I am very, very suspicious of Hamas and their intentions behind all of this, as I think everybody should be. And clearly, the Israeli army, I'm sure, is. Uh, let's go to Alice, line one in Ohio. Uh, Alice, uh, what are your thoughts tonight?
13: Hi, Rita. Uh, several quick points. Uh, the uh, demonstrator, the pro-Palestinian demonstrators uh, who stormed the Capitol. I don't. I haven't heard that any of them are in the federal DC jail. We won't see any J six uh, trials for them. Another thing. Gra- By the way, great yeah. point.
1: They they disrupted yes. proceedings. Good point. Absolutely. Yes. Another
13: thing. If uh, somehow they tell Joe to step down before the end of his term, that puts Kamala uh and in the, the Oval Office things will not change she's just as incompetent but her style is different because Barack Obama is running the show and this is a disgrace last night's speech was terrible and I'm wondering was it was it a hint to um, Hamas that they've got their they've got their ransom money this is awful and, and no one is doing anything and the 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 House had better get their act in order, and put put their their egos, their precious egos, in, uh, aside. Put on your big boy pants and get together and work together. This is awful.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it is it is uh, really scary stuff, and we need leadership at this time on so many levels. One thousand percent, I agree with you, Alice, big time. Thank you so much. And you're right, Alice brought up a great point about. Uh, those people, remember it was all those folks who showed up and they disrupted proceedings. They came into the Capitol building. Uh, a number of them did get arrested, but I think they got a little bit of a slap on the wrist compared to someone who entered the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, is that fair? There's a lot of questions with that. And believe me, some of the rhetoric coming from some of these other people, uh, it was not downright peaceful in any shape or form. Let's go to Norm, line six. Norm, uh, your thoughts about Biden's speech and also the hostages that did get out. I'm happy about that, Norm.
5: Um, I'm happy that they got out, um, but this president is 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 not uh, in a position of leadership. Uh, He, uh, you know, I I, okay when he suggested a two-state solution. uh, Historically, you're talking about a country the size of New Jersey. Okay, okay. And um, the last time, a, after the Balfour Agreement, way, 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 way back, um, the Israel, Israel actually accepted a two-state solution. Whereupon we, they were, we, I'd like to say we, were um, invaded from every angle, and that's what, you know, that was the the, the war for independence. And so, you know, there, there's no historical context whatsoever. It's the only it's the only democracy in the area. OK, what do you, um, what do you
1: make norm of of President Biden saying, you know, don't be filled with rage? Like, I, I mean, as right. if like, don't like, be filled with rage. Yeah. Like like in other sure. words, you have no reason to be. Don't be mad at these people who came in and, and right. raped and killed your kids. You know, I mean, it's just it's right. such a preposterous comment.
5: Right. It, it, look, it, it, they lost the equivalent because basically, you know, population-wise, we're 350 million, and they're a hell of a lot less. They they lost the equivalent of 35,000 citizens. Okay. In right. This thing. Right. If, if yeah, if 35,000 citizens uh, were killed in America, say by Mexico, for example, or something. I'm just throwing that out. Uh, You you, you think we would just have a ceasefire? Oh, yeah, ceasefire. Just lay down. Just, like, forget about it. Yeah,
1: don't be mad. Don't be angry. Don't be filled with any rage or anything. You're right. It is so ridiculous. Um, Norm, thank you so much. And, again, everybody, I'm so happy these two Americans are home. I hope the 200 or so more that are still held hostage by Hamas as we speak, we're praying for them, and we hope they all come home soon.